All righty. Greetings and welcome to the Logical Belief Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Jason Mullet. Uh, today is the 42nd episode of this podcast. And uh, the plan is today is to talk about a subject that we haven't uh, covered in a little while. And uh, we're going to jump back into talking about the Jehovah's Witnesses. And I have a special guest with me this morning, uh, a fellow brother in Christ who attends the same church that I do. And he's very passionate about reaching uh, out to the Jehovah's Witnesses. And he has a tremendous amount of knowledge uh, about them. Um, he, uh, I think, has probably one of the world's largest collections of Jehovah's Witnesses uh, material. And... Uh, and he has a passion to reach out to these people and bring them the gospel of uh, Jesus Christ because they are lost and they need to hear the truth of the gospel. So what I will do here in a little bit is I'll bring uh, Wojciech into the broadcast and uh, we will jump into it. But uh, just so for those of you that are not familiar with him, I will go ahead and link his uh, channel uh, in today's show notes on the website, uh, and um, you guys can uh, find his channel and subscribe to him uh, there. Uh, another thing that I was going to do this morning, and I actually almost forgot. Let me see if I can actually find my book here. Here it is. Um, I've been wanting to do a giveaway on the podcast. Uh, those of you guys that are regular listeners, you're well aware that... Um, I've been doing a series on creationism, and what I wanted to do was uh, I want to give away, uh, I think, a tremendous resource out there, and this is uh, Jason Lyell's book uh, called The Ultimate Proof of Creation. And so what I'm going to do is we're going to, uh, any of you guys that post a uh, feedback on iTunes uh, will be in the drawing um, to get the ultimate proof of creation. So if you post a uh, favorable, <laughs> we'll say favorable, favorable feedback on our iTunes uh, channel, um, you will be in the drawing for a free copy of the ultimate proof of creation. I will have that shipped to you. And um, I will even, since I have uh, some listeners outside of the country, I, I kind of want to include everyone. So I'm going to um, make this available. I know some Australian listeners and I've uh, received some messages from uh, England too. So um, if I'd, I'd be willing to ship to those areas if uh, one of you guys would win it. So I encourage you to just go to iTunes, post uh, some feedback on the channel. I will go ahead and put all the names uh, into a drawing. Uh, I'll take, uh, we'll take three to four weeks, allow them to collect and uh, then we'll draw, and you will get a free copy of The Ultimate Proof of Creation. So um, so back to our uh, topic today. Um, those of you that are interested in finding out more about the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, we do have a playlist also on our YouTube channel entitled Jehovah's Witnesses, where there's three previous shows uh, where we covered uh, some questions to ask Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, some of those pertain to things like the deity of Christ. Um, and then I have two other episodes, one on John 1-1 and the Jehovah's Witnesses 
uh, changing of John 1, 1 to a God instead of the word was God. They change it to the word was a God. It's talking about the anarthrus theos there in that verse. So you can check that episode out. We also have an episode on Colossians chapter 1 where uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses make some changes to in their New World Translation. Uh, I don't know if I want to call it a translation. It's not a version of the Bible. It's a perversion of the Bible. But um, uh, they make a change to the the word prototokos, the, the firstborn, and uh, they render it in such a way that it is the first created. And so we talk about that in another episode so I'd encourage you to listen to those in case you encounter Jehovah's Witnesses and need to know how to respond to some of the things that they say. And uh, also check out Wojciech's videos. He has just, uh, I, I don't know how many videos he has at this point on the Jehovah's Witnesses, but he has a lot there. So you guys can check out his channel too. I think he'll give you some more information on that um, as we uh, go along. So before we jump into... Uh, Bring Wojciech in. I wanted to briefly just uh, establish uh, something for uh, Jehovah's Witnesses out there that may be listening to this episode. And what I wanted to do is just read some scripture um, about what the biblical standard is for a prophet. Um, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 13, verses 1 through uh, 5. The Bible tells us that if a prophet comes along that leads us after other gods, uh, we are not to follow him, and we are not to be afraid of his prophecies. And I think as we go through today, um, and if you listen to some of my previous episodes and some of Wojciech's uh, previous episodes, you will see that Jehovah's Witnesses do not worship the same God uh, that is spoken about in the Bible and that we as Christians worship. And so their prophets have led after other gods. But another key text is Deuteronomy 18. And I just want to read this uh, here quickly, uh, verses 21 through 22. And if you say in your heart, how may we know that the Lord has not spoken? So this is, you know, we if somebody is questioning, if you have the question in your heart, that we would ask you as Jehovah's Witnesses to ask is how do you know that this is something that the Lord has actually spoken? These these prophets, uh, like Charles Taze Russell and Judge uh, Rutherford and the present-day Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, if you want to know um, if the word that they have spoken is from the Lord, it says, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord and the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. So that's what we would encourage uh, you as Jehovah's Witnesses to use the biblical standard for a prophet. And that is that if they speak anything that does not come to pass or is not true, then they are not a prophet of God. And in, the, in Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, God takes to task the false gods of the nations. And he... He challenges them. Um, he says in Isaiah uh, 41, beginning at verse 21, it says, Set forth your case, says the Lord. Bring your proofs, says the king of Jacob. Let them 
bring them and tell us what is to happen. Tell us the former things, what they are, that we may consider them, that we may know their outcome or declare to us the things to come. Tell us what is to come hereafter, that we may know that you are gods and do good and or do harm, that we may be dismayed and terrified. Behold, you are nothing and your work is less than nothing and abomination is he who chooses you. So what God is challenging here is that for false gods to tell us what happened in the past and why and tell us the things that are to come hereafter, tell us. And if you can, this is the proof that this is the true God that is is speaking here. And so when a prophet comes along and tells us things that are to come hereafter, but they do not come true, the God that they are following is not the true God, not the true God of Scripture. So our our desire here, both Wojciech and ours, I believe, is that uh, you know Jehovah's Witnesses come to the saving knowledge of the true God of the Bible. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring uh, Wojciech into the broadcast. I think you're already there, Wojciech. Uh, All right. Okay, we can we can hear you. So. Okay. So, so uh, we're, I'm going to kind of, at this point, uh, let Wojciech kind of jump in, uh, kind of maybe briefly introduce yourself, Wojciech, uh, for those um, in the audience that are not familiar with you. Get, you know, just give a brief little right. background to yourself. Okay. I can take over. I'm taking over your radio now. <laughs> okay, okay. Wojciech's taking over the show, so here we go. All right. So, um, well, my name is Wojciech, and uh, of course, I'm, I'm Polish. And um, uh, I am a believer in Jesus Christ for only eight or so years. And I never was a Jehovah Witness. Uh, but somehow God uh, put this into my heart to uh, to have compassion for them because they are very, very lost people that need Christ, as we all need. So, um, so somehow I developed this interest in their cult and, and started to study and get some publications of their their own and um, and I was amazed what I found there. So, uh, getting started with this point we are talking about today uh, about the prophecies of Jehovah Witnesses, um, I was thinking for a while how to uh, how to present that. But I found out, I figured out that probably the best way would be to do it chronologically, and uh, and by using their own publication, their own books that they printed. Uh, and this way, there's there's no um, compromise of of you know some outside watchtower uh, information. This is all based on their own for, uh, publications. So to start with, um, I will start with with reading some paragraphs from the books of Mr. Root, uh, Mr. Uh, Charles Tace Russell. He was the founder of Jehovah Witnesses. He he was the one who started all this movement. And um, his major his major uh, he he became the first president of Watchtower. Uh, which before was not called Watchtower, started to be called Watchtower later, but that's not the point. The point is he made a um, huge, uh, he he written six books, uh, actually seven, but the seventh was pr- 
printed after his death, and there was a lot of uh, adding things to uh, added things to that book. So pretty much, he he wrote six books that was printed when he was alive, and those books are kind of like a like a set of study, Bible study, and this is amazingly well done set of books, uh, very well organized and very well presented. The only problem is uh, the doctrines are false and crooked. So to start with, um, Charles Russell did some predictions that uh, that put light on the whole uh, group or the, the whole uh, club of watchtower so to say and he he based those prediction uh, at least the first ones based them on a measurements of the pyramid the great pyramid in Egypt and so as a first I would like to bring this book this is the book um, Thy Kingdom Come Sorry for the notes, but those, for my information, where to read it. Now, this is a book authored by... Uh, well, the, I'm going to, to, to look at this. This is, uh, this is authored by uh, Russell, uh, okay. Russell, and was printed in uh, 1888 or 89. Um, this one, what I have, is a reprint uh, from 1937, but this is printed by, by Watchtower. So this is Thy Kingdom Come. Uh, the, this is the book number three in a series of six books of Bible study of Charles Russell. So we go to the page um, that is 313, and in this page, in a paragraph that is titled, The Testimony of God's Stone Witnesses, and a prophet, the Great Pyramid in Egypt. That's the title. And we go and find this little paragraph here. It says on a page 314, the Great Pyramid seems in a remarkable manner to teach in harmony with all the prophets an outline of a plan of God, past, present, and future. So we have a prophet pyramid here. And um, and on a page 341 and 42, we find this paragraphs. I, I'll, this is not one after another. I will skip over the page so I get the most important parts of it. It says this on a page 341. Um, the descending passage from the entrance of the Great Pyramid leading to the pit of the subterranean chamber presents the curse of the world in a general under the prince of this world into the great time of the trouble, the pit, in which evil shall be brought to an end. (laughs) And then he starts talking about the measurements. And we skip a little bit and we go there. Um, then measuring down the entrance passage from that point, um, uh, we find it to be 3,457 inches symbolizing blah, blah, blah. 
and then we go from that above date uh, sorry um this this calculation uh, shows uh, 1915 AD as marking the start of the period of trouble. And then we skip a little bit and we go, so the pyramid witnesses that October 1914 will be the start of the time of trouble, such as was not since there, uh, and there was... Uh, since there was not sense, there was a nation. No, no, nor not uh, even uh, ever shall be after war. And then the last paragraph here we go, uh, nor should any doubt that fact that the 40 years of harvest begin in the fall of 1874. So that, that's that's interesting. So it looks like he is using a pyramid to prophesy the beginning of the tribulation that most dispensational premillennialists in, in Revelation. <laughs> so he well, is making in, a prophecy at the beginning of the tribulation. At this point, he, he just uh, points to those dates, okay? Yeah. And in, in next, we're going to find out what those dates mean. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, that's the base for his prophecies. So, so that was the book, Thy Kingdom Come. Now we go to the book from his series, book number two. And this is the book, The Time is at Hand. Also by uh, J. T., uh, Charles T. Russell. And same thing, uh, this is a reprint from the early uh, version, but this is from 1937. It doesn't matter, this is the same book. So we go to the, uh, to the uh, page 76, and we find in the chapter titled, this is chapter, study number four, the times of the Gentiles, okay? Now we find here, you know, on the page 76, we find this. In this chapter, we present the Bible evidence. Just notice this, the Bible evidence. That means yeah. the Bible, this is the Word of God, pretty much, because Bible is the Word of God, so it would be like Bible, like God says, right? So in this chapter, we present the Bible evidence proving that the full end of the time of the Gentiles, the full end of their lease of dominion, will be reached in 1914 AD. Hmm. So here we go next to, to the next page, uh, 78. Uh, in the paragraph uh, titled, the beginning of the Gentile times, 606 B.C. And we go on to page 79, we read this. The beginning of this Gentile times is clearly located by the scripture. Uh, hence, if they furnish us the length also of the fixed period of lease of Gentile dominion, we can know positively just when it will terminate. The Bible evidence, again, the Bible evidence is clear and strong that the times of the Gentiles is a period of 
2,520 years. So just for, I think, our listeners out there, I think what, and you can kind of feed back here, uh, Wojciech, but what what they're saying here, or what uh, Charles Taze Russell is saying here, that the period of the church will come to an end, and now that the end time, that tribulation where, where they would say the Jews, I, I believe, will be, or I don't know, they, they would say the 144,000 are them, but but uh, they will be saved. The, the, the church period ends at this point. Isn't that what they're saying? Yeah. Well, not uh, not really, because you see the the Gentile times. Uh, I the church started with, with after Christ, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, but this is going way before Christ. So I would say uh, this is the time of the Gentiles is of the Satan's rule, I guess. Oh, okay. That's how they would look at that. Okay, instead of more the biblical thing is the time when the gospel goes out to the Gentiles. Yeah. Yeah. So so let me read this paragraph again. The Bible evidence is clear and strong that the times of the Gentiles is a period of 2,520 years from the year 606 mm. BC and including 1914 AD. Okay. And we go, the date for the beginning of the Gentile times is therefore definitely marked as the time of the removal of the crown of God's typical kingdom from Zedekiah, their last king, which is the fall of Jerusalem, right? And in this point, uh, I want to bring funny thing because you see, uh, Russell just pointed out, figured out that this is a 606 BC, and in the same book, the in in this book on the end, since this is the book printed after he died and years after many prophecies didn't go through, there is a little appendix, little notes that you know are explaining the things that were in the book, and in this book. We find uh, in this note on, on page 367, there's a note number one. Uh, we find this, um, uh, the, we find a letter that actually points to Russell being wrong on this date. And it says this, the following letter of our pastor, the Russell, by the editor is here given to refute some criticism alleged as proof that our pastor's chronology, particularly as it relates to the times of the Gentiles, is wrong. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is there is he starts it in 606 BC when we know that the fall of Jerusalem and the end of Zedekiah's reign was 586. Yes, yes, but listen, listen to this here. So, <laughs> so they, they, there's, there's a just little adjustment here, uh, which says here a little farther. It says this: I called you because this was the letter to Russell back then. It says I called your attention 
to the fact that from October 606 BC to October 1914 is a period of 2,519 years, not 2,520 years. And then he goes to explain because of in one year there's only one quarter of year left, in the other is three quarters, and so like shifts on the months, that's why he figured out farther on says the fact that the seven measurements given in the volume two of his uh, his books, the Great Pyramid Passage, prove that this is not 606, but 607 BC. Oh. <laughs> and, and then when we will read those other books, um, and in, in most of the, either those those later books, uh, the 607, the 606 will be replaced by 607. So wow. if we read 606 or 607, that that's pretty much about the same thing. Well, they're both wrong, though. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, uh, so we go uh, f- back to where we were, and uh, let me read another place here. Uh, which is um, this one, uh, right here. And we read this. Um, but not uh, be not surprised, then, when in subsequent chapters, subsequent chapters, we will present proof that the setting up of the kingdom of God is already begun that it is pointed out into prophecy as due to begin in the exercise of power in 1878 A.D., and that the battle of the great day of God, which is Armageddon, Mm -hmm. will begin in 1914 A.D. Then we go to next place, uh, which is... Uh, which is here, okay, and we read this. Um, The next chapter will present Bible evidence, again, Bible evidence, that 1970, uh, sorry, 1874 was the exact date of the beginning of the times of restitution and hence our Lord's return. So Jesus there you go. is in 1874. Then we go to the page. Uh, so, sorry, let me let me remind what pages I as we as I were reading because I think I forgot to say that. Uh, first, I was reading page 76 and 77. Then I was reading page um, 79. And next was page, uh, the, the note on the end of the book. And then we read the uh, page 101. And now we are, uh, we are going to the page. Uh, now we are going to the page 170 when we re- uh, learned that the Lord's return was in 1874. And now we go to the page 233. Of the, this is all the book. the The times is at hand. The times okay. at hand, and we read on the page actually two thirty four. We read this: the harvest of this age began 
with the presence of our Lord at the beginning of the Earth's Jubilee in 1874, as shown in the chapter 6, and ends with the start of overthrow of Gentile power in 1914. So, in this place, um, in this place, we we can go back to this uh, book in uh, that, that we first read, the Thy Kingdom Come, and on the end of this little section, I'm going to read two paragraphs here. The first, uh, again, on this book, Thy Kingdom Come, on the page 127, we read this. Um, Thus we found the time of our Lord's second advent clearly proven to be 1874 in October of that year, as shown in volume two of this book, of the, of the series. Uh, show, and then we skip a little bit, and it says, uh, show October, uh, the October 1874 to be the date of Jesus' return and the beginning of the restitution times. And then on a page 128, we have this kind of like a summary that of this is this. Um, and since the times of restitution began in October 1874, that must be the end of the 6,000 years reign of sin. So, uh, you know, yeah. 6,000 years of reign of sin. And the end of it is in uh, in presence of Jesus Christ at 74. And then again, what might at first thought have appeared a discrepancy that the Lord would be present in the close of 1874, and yet the Gentile times would not and until 1914 uh, is found, on the contrary, to be in fullest harmony with the unfolding of God's plan for the uh, campaign of the battle of the great day, which is the Armageddon. So I, I made this little summary of those three bo three two books that I was reading. And oh, before that, I was also wanted to show. Uh, this is the little. Um, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, we can see it. But this is a little chart that uh, Charles Russell um, made. Uh, you know, there's a like right here. There's a pyramid right here. So when he was doing those predictions, he made this chart of the pyramid and you know the the times and this portion here, this portion is so very. But but that's historical thing, you know. I I know that a lot of Jehovah Witnesses have this framed and hanging on a wall. Yeah, yeah. this chart. What now? It, it seems like it seems like the dimensions of the pyramid were very crucial to Charles Russell's predictions. Yeah, that's what we just read. The, yeah. You know, but the measurements goes to those dates and all those things. So in a summary of what we were just reading. Uh, we learned this, that based on the pyramid measurements, the Gentile times began in 606 BC at the fall of Jerusalem, right? Yeah. Or what they say, right? Gentile times is the period of 2,520 years 
starting from 606 BC and ending in 1914 AD. And we learn also that Jesus came and is invisibly present since 1874. Yeah. We also learned that in 1878, God's kingdom was set up and Jesus began to reign in 1878. And then in 1914, the, the, the end of the Gentiles uh, supposed to happen and the battle of the great day of God Almighty, which is the Armageddon. So those two books showed us proof from the Bible and the pyramid that this is what is going to happen. Now, uh, let's go to the next section of the little later books after death of Charles Russell and after the 1914 was already gone and nothing happened. And we find in the book the creation. You know, okay. The creation. And this book is uh, written, I think, by Rutenford. Yes, by Rutenford in 1927. And Rutenford was the second president of the Watchtower after Russell. A very interesting person, very interesting figure. Uh, we can talk about him a little later. And, um, and uh, in this book, actually, there's a few, few cool things here. Uh, in this book, it says uh, on a page 120, it says that our Lord used Charles Russell to bring to the attention of the people an understanding of the Bible. So that means that they approve the, the Watchtower approved the teaching of the what uh, of the Charles Russell because it was. He was used by Lord to explain the Bible yep. and the pyramid, I guess, too. <laughs> and also this book is funny because I don't know if you realize, but they say that Jesus Christ was crucified, but not really crucified, but staked. On yeah, the yeah. Uh, but in here we have one picture of him and two thieves yeah. on the cross. And then we have another picture of, of Jesus being on the cross right here. Yeah. So, so cool, there, cool book with two pictures of, of Jesus being crucified. But their, that, their, that, their early material, their early material, I think, shows him often on a cross, but later material shows him on a stake. Yeah, right. Yeah, just just that was just a funny point. But um, so we we go to in this book creation, uh, we go to the page. 303, and we find uh, the paragraph that says, There, the times of Gentiles certainly are period of 2020 years, uh, 520 years, from the overthrow of Zedekiah, uh, Israel's last king. The Zedekiah was overthrown in 606 BC. Hence, the period of the Gentile times must end in 1914. So, again, they, they kind of conform what Russell was teaching, uh, that, uh, you know, about the Gentile times and stuff. 
And here on uh, page 289, we read uh, the scriptural proof. Again, the scriptural proof. So God said, is that the period of his presence and the day of God's preparation is the period from 1874 A.D. forward. The second coming of the Lord, therefore, began in 1874, and that the date and and uh, and and that the date and the years 1914 and 1918 are specially marked days with reference to His coming. So. Uh, pretty much conforming the the old uh, the the first reading here, yeah. And we have another book. Uh, this is a this is a very interesting book. This is a book, the Harp of God. And they had many reprints of this book, but this is uh, one of the first. I think the first print. Uh, yes, and this print is uh, from. Uh, 1921. The land of the Gentile times is definitely fixed on the scriptures as the period of 2,520 years. This period begin with the year 606 BC, necessarily must end in 1914. The one whose right it is, is the great Messiah, Christ Jesus the Lord. It would be reasonable to expect him to be present sometime before he would take unto himself his great power to reign. His presence beginning in 1874, he has carried on his harvest work from 1878, which is the beginning of the kingdom, forward, but has not interrupted the Gentile dominion until the dominion should end. The end of the Gentile rule, therefore, would mark necessarily the end of the present order. Therefore, the end of the world, we should expect then to find in 1914 as the beginning of the end of the old world. So in here we find that 1914 is no more the end. There is no more Armageddon happening yeah. in 1914, but this is just the beginning of the end, which will last as long as... as um, Making adjustments to the prophecies. Yes. So then we go on a page. So there's a little change, a little shift here now. So we go to the uh, page 339, and we read this. Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the... Uh, the other faith and the other faithful 
prophets described by the Apostle Paul in Hebrews uh, and blah blah and then he goes hence the faithful man may be expected on earth within the next few years so we have 1921 when this book was read uh, was written and now we know that in the next few years the faithful man the the the, the princesses the, the abraham jacob and isaac we can expect them to come yeah and then we go to the page to the page uh three uh, we just read no page three oh three 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 page 333, and we read this. The proof cited herein shows that the old world social and political order ended and began to pass away in 1914, uh, and that this will com be completed in a few years and uh, righteousness fully established. And then we go a little farther on the same page, and it says, millions of people now living will never die. So, yeah, yeah. so we have this little shift that the end is just started in 1914, uh, and, uh, and from that day, millions that live now will never die because the end will come and there will be... Uh, witnessing the end uh, and especially uh, because of this uh, new uh, line that they presented the millions now living will never die then they made this special booklet that is titled like this yeah, millions yeah. now living will never die this is the booklet that they on a very poor paper so the booklet is kind of falling apart uh, right now, after 100 years almost, and uh, this booklet was printed by by them in 1920, and we have uh, in this booklet interesting things here. Uh, it says this: the date of Zedekiah overthrow and the establishment of Nebuchadnezzar, the Gentile. Do dominion, which was the first Gentile world government is definitely fixed both by specular history and the scriptures as, BC, as 606 BC. And then we go 606, uh, um, sorry, the, the, therefore the bringing the period of the Gentile lease to power or dominion to the end in the year 1914. This date corresponds with the circumstantial evidence proving conclusively uh, when the world would be begun to end. So, so they, they stayed, stayed firm for the little shift that's just beginning. Then on a page 16, there was page, uh, there was page 15 we were reading. Now on a page 16, we read this. By analogy, when, uh, by analogy, then if the old, order began to pass away in 1914 and Messiah began to exercise his power preparatory to setting up the kingdom of righteousness, then we should expect that, the, that his 
first work should be destruction of the old system of unrighteousness. And on the page 17 here, then we definitely see that the Gentile times ended in the fall of 1914. And on the page, on the page uh, 88, we find this. That period of time of necessity would end in the fall of the year 1925. So we have another date introduced. So and so uh, again, that period of time of necessity would end in the fall of the year 1925, at which time the type ends, which is the end of the world. The type means the Gentile time, the, the Gentiles, the, the, the evil era. So, and, and we read further, so the type ends at that 1925 and the great antitype must begin. What then should we expect to take place? In the type, there, uh, there must be a full restoration. Therefore, the great antitype must mark the beginning of the restoration of all things. The chief thing to be restored in the human race to life and uh, to life, and since other scriptures definitely fix the fact that there will be resurrection of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and other faithful ones of old, and that these will have the first favor, we may expect 1925 to witness the return of these faithful men of Israel from the condition of death being resurrected and fully restored to perfect humanity in, and made the visible legal representation, representatives of the new order. And on page, this is the last in this book, on the page um, 89 we read, as we have therefore stated, the great jubilee cycle is due to begin in 1925, at the time the earthly face of kingdom shall be recognized. And then, therefore, we may confidently expect that 1925 will mark the return of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. So this is this in this section of books. Um, there is another learning we got, right? Uh, we learned that the world did not end in 1914. Obviously, the book was written in 1920, and we learned that 1914 was no more the end of the world and the Armageddon, but the beginning of the Gentile times. Uh, that will be finalized by the great, uh, but uh, great, great battle of Armageddon, and uh, most likely it will happen in 1925, because they expect 1925 to be the end of the time, the end of the time. So they shifted 1914 to 1925. So that's that's the teaching of those publications. Now let's go to see what we have here in present time. 
subjects, what they teach in present times. There is a great book that I would advise every witness to Jehovah Witnesses to get. Uh, this is a book, uh, Reasoning from the Scriptures. This is a booklet, very thin booklet, but with a lot of pages, like 450 pages, very thin pages. And this is a great book because this book contains all the doctrines of Jehovah Witnesses. But first of all, this is the guide for them to witness to us. So it contains all the questions that we may ask them, as well as all the answers that they should ask answer to us. And just a reminder, Jehovah Witnesses are programmed. Yeah. Are programmed by Watchtower to think mechanically, to answer mechanically. And the whole point is when you talk to them is to throw them out of this tunnel of program and make them start to think on their own because they they are they learned not to think they are told not to think because they will never get the truth yeah it's a form yeah, of brainwashing. brainwashing exactly and actually i didn't bring it today but in their watchtower magazines i found several places when they actually say don't learn on your own don't read Bible on your own. Read it only through yeah. our explanations, through Watchtower magazines or books or, or this. So they, they totally brainwash them. But, a classical sign of a cult. If, you're, if anybody's in any sort yeah. of religious organizations like that, you need to leave. Yes, that's exactly right. So in this book, we find on the page... Uh, on the page 95, in the paragraph, in the chapter uh, titled Dates, uh, and on the page 95 in the paragraph that is, Why do Jehovah Witnesses say that God's kingdom was established in 1914? Two lines of evidence points to that year, the Bible chronology and the events since 1914. Here we will consider the chronology for fulfillment of prophecy. And we go and skip to the next page, page 96, and they do explanation here. So they go again, and remember the 606 and 607 is the same thing, right? So here we go. After Zedekiah, the last king in a typical kingdom of God, was removed from the throne in Jerusalem by Babylonians, Finally, by early October of 607 BC, the last vest, uh, vestige of Jewish sovereignty was gone. Uh, how then, the question, how then is the time calculated down to 1914? Counting 2,520 years from early October 607 BC brings us to the early October 1914, as shown in the chart. And here on the next page, they, they, they show a chart and they explain how, how they figure out those 2,520 years. Uh, so we can go there in details. And after under this, we read, 
What happened at that time? And, and the answer is, Jehovah entrusted rulership over mankind to his own son, Jesus Christ, glorified in heavens. And we go further and we read, Before the last members of the generation that was alive in 1914 will have passed off the, off sense, the sense, all the things foretold will occur including the great tribulation in which the present wicked world will end. So, so they don't say now the millions, but they say the last generation. So they, they shrink a little bit. Uh, and let's go to the page. Uh, let's go to the page. And also, did you notice uh, the God's kingdom was, was set on 1914 now? Um, yeah. And then we go here on a page 234. The present wicked system of things which extends worldwide entered its last days in 1914. And some of the generation alive then will also be on hand. Some, some of the generation alive then will also be on hand to witness its complete and in the Great Tribulation. And on a page, uh, last in this book, on a page 239, we read, the generation that was alive in the beginning of fulfillment of this sign in 1914 is now well along in years. <laughs> the time remaining must be very short. World con conditions give very indication every indication that this is the case and then the title says do why do jehovah witnesses say that it was in 1914 that the last days began and the year 1914 is marked in the bible prophecy and the correctness of the date is shown by the fact that world conditions foretold to mark this time period have come to pass since 1914, exactly as foretold. Uh, so that's a stretch. That's, that's, that's a stretch. It's another little shift here. But let's go now to the Watchtower magazines. And I have... Uh, bound books of those magazines going by year and in the uh, in the bound uh, magazines of 1982 so if you get the and I, by the way getting this uh, watchtower magazines in a bound form is the best and cheapest way to get them because you can buy i've bought like 30 years for like pennies on ebay really so, so you can you can get those on eBay very cheaply uh, in a bound form because if you try to get uh, you know s separate magazines, it's gonna cost you fortune. But in in here, in the nineteen eighty two magazine of Watchtower, uh, in uh, in a magazine from May first, on the page. Uh, 14 and 15, we find this. It was because the faithful and discreet slave 
made up of anointed Christians serving under their master Jesus Christ. In the words of 2 Peter 1.19, paying attention to the prophetic word as to the lamp shining in dark place. Through the prophecy of Daniel chapter 4, they, the, the discreet anointed, discreet servant, they learned that the overthrow of the dynasty of King David in Jerusalem, which occurred in 607 BC, would not mark forever the end of Jehovah's rule on the, in the earth. And then we go on the page, next page 15. At that time of the start, at the time of the start of Christ's presence, so that means that's when Christ started his presence, came to presence, or perusia, that's another word for that, he was unseen by human eyes, but that generation of 1914. So now they say that Jesus Christ came into invisible presence in 1914. So another shift here. Certainly did see, uh, yeah, th those who seen that, uh, did see the ha what happened here on the earth as a sign of his presence and as the beginning of sorrows for mankind. And the remaining ones of that generation of 1914 are still taking, uh, talking about that. Some of them will be taking about it right down to the time when the great tribulation wipes Satan's wicked system of things of the face of our globe. For Jesus Christ himself assures us, truly I say to you that this generation, the generation that so, but, but look what they put in Jesus', Jesus words. They say, Jesus Christ himself assures us, truly I say to you that this generation, and then they add, the generation of that saw the beginning of pangs of distress in 1914, yeah. didn't say that, will by no means pass away completely until all these things occur. And then on the top here, see this is the, this is the uh, article, and on the top here, they do those kind of like on the same chart that Charles Russell did with the pyramid. They do kind of like uh, segments of time, and they do the explanation uh, about the Gentiles' time in 607. They explain how the 2,520 years, they figure out this period, and they say that Jesus, Jesus came to presence in 1914. So this is this this uh, magazine, and and another magazine here from the um, eighteen uh, sorry nineteen eighty three, nineteen eighty three, we find this. Um, the King of Kings, and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ is present. 
We have the sign, for this has been present in his good given kingdom since the end of the times of the Gentiles in 1914. So they definitely say that Jesus was present in 1914. It is up there in the superhuman, super-Gentile realm that the Son of David, Jesus Christ, reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords since the running out of the Gentile times in 1914. So... I have this little summary here, what we read again. Oh, there is one more paragraph I, I, I noticed here. Uh, it says on a page 23, it says, Revelation chapter 6, in, it, it indicates that what that sixth chapter and visions show that the end of the Gentile time is in 1914 and the outbreak of war on a world scale marked the start of his presence in his heavenly kingdom and the beginning of the conclusion of the system of things. So what do we learn in this last segment we read? We learned that 1874-4, that Jesus was present, was not true. Yep. Well, then they changed it to an invisible, and then they did the same thing in 1914 again. Yes, right. So that was not true. 1974, not true. We also learned that uh, 1914 is uh, when Jesus began his uh, presence instead of 1974, and, and his kingdom was set up in 1914 and not in 1878. So we know we now know that 1874 Jesus presence and 1878 the the setup of kingdom were false dates they were false dates and also the the end of the world the the Armageddon in 1914 was false because that's when Jesus came so they completely forgot about those first two days but they still hold on to this 1914 but they shift what happened in that moment yeah in that day well it's always the changing of prophecy when it doesn't happen i mean the same thing happened with ellen g white ellen g white uh founder of the seventh day adventist prophesied that in 1844 christ was going to uh return and then she changed it to an invisible return when it didn't really happen and so this is very common among false prophets now now did you notice in all those three segments we were reading, there was one mutual date that never changed. The date was 606 or 607, which is spoken about the same, 607 BC. They apply that 607 BC is the end of Jerusalem when Jerusalem fell. Yeah. But I challenge every listener of your program to go to any encyclopedia, to go to any possible source on the internet or anywhere that is not run by Jehovah Witnesses, and find out that the true date of fall of Jerusalem was dated between 1586 and 87. 
Yeah, that is one of the strongest historical dates that we have. I mean, there's cuneiform tablets <laughs> that we still find of the Babylonians uh, that confirm that even show pictures of things like them taking away the things from the temple. And uh, yeah. all of these things are dated to be 586 BC, not 607. And they are very well documented. So yeah. Uh, so 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 uh, look how tragic it is. First of all, all those dates are wrong because yep. they shift all the time. But the base on which those dates were set it is completely fallacious. Completely yeah. off. Yeah. So. Yeah. They totally in the bushes, totally in the bushes. And now I would like to read your last segment of this introduction on what they say about false prophecies. And that might be very interesting for, for listening. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go to the book, Riches. Okay, the book, Riches. And uh, this book was written by Mr. Rutenford, our favorite second <laughs> president, <laughs> Mr. Rutenford, in, in 1936, okay? In 1936, oh, by the way, funny thing here, I just put a little note here. This is what they teach about Trinity, they, of course, then don't believe in Trinity, and they take it yeah. false. And that's what they say about Trinity. So on a page 185, we can read this. Uh, that's just on the side. Another yeah. lie made and told by Satan for the pur purpose of reproaching God's name and turning men away from God is that of the Trinity. The doctrine is taught by religious religious religionists of Christendom and is in substance this that there are three gods in one. Yeah. So they yeah, don't they, even understand the Trinity. They they never do. If you ever talk to a Jehovah's Witness, they either assume Unitarianism or modalism or they assume tritheism. They, they they do not understand the true what we actually believe as Christians. They they always misrepresent it. Right. So uh, let me let me read what this what this book says here. On the page one seventy eight, it says this: If you find that doctrines, when measured by the Word of God, are contrary to the Word of God then it is certain that such teachings are lies and that they proceed from the devil. The origination, originator of fathers and father of lies. If you find that the doctrine or teaching is a lie, you should quickly forsake, uh, forsake it. And regardless of what teaches, uh, what teachings uh, it, or, or how long you have believed that teaching to be true. Don't, don't we <laughs> agree with that completely? I think I messed it up. If you find that the doctrine of teaching is a lie, you should quickly forsake it, regardless of how, uh, who teaches or how long you have believed that this teaching to be true. 
<laughs> uh, we completely concur with that. <laughs> we can, we agree completely. Very very well said. Very well, well said. said. Yep. But that's not the end. And they say this: your own welfare and your duty to God demand that you abandon lies, <laughs> no matter who teaches them, for the reason that the end of the maker and the supporter of lies is eternal death. And then we skip a little bit and it says this, if you find that you have been for some time in, the, in an organization, that you have been for some time in the organization called the church, and that the organization teaches that which is contrary to God's word of truth, then you will have to choose whether you will remain in accord with so-called church organization and it will it is teachings or will forsake the same and rally upon the word of God. There we go. And that's exactly what we want Jehovah's on the word of God. That's so, exactly what we want Jehovah's Witnesses to do right there. This is well said by them. By yeah. them they actually they teach them run from us. Yeah. And this book <laughs> I call this book a comic book. That's <laughs> so good. This is a vindication. Uh Ruten Ford wrote three books under this title. This is the book number one. Book number one, Vindication. That's the first edition uh, written in um, uh, 1931. And we go to page 24, and we read this. <laughs> That's funny. We read this. For the number of years, God's people had waited for a vision to speak. Since about 1889, when volume two of Studies of the Scriptures, the Russell's book, yeah, uh, that we actually read, when, so uh, uh, so since about 1889, when volume two of Studies of the in the Scriptures was issued, and it was seen that there was a typical significance attached to Elijah and his work. The faithful had waited, expecting the year 1914 to mark complete fulfillment of the prophecy. They had expected Armageddon to follow immediately after 1914. That's them speaking, okay? And then, and the church to be glorified then. God, God's covenant people had waited, and while waiting, there were some curious speculations indulged in them, which were mere guesses, of course, and therefore not true, because it was not God's time for them to understand. It was after 1914 the vision spoke and did not lie to it after the coming of the Lord to this temp to his temple in 18, 18, 1918. 
So they throw here another date, 1918, that Jesus came to the temple now. Yeah. But so let's go farther and read this. The serv- so they, they admit that they were wrong here. Yeah. Well, and if they follow their previous uh, statement where if, if, if people are saying lies, we need to abandon that organization. I, I think if they, you know, they're admitting here it's false. So any Jehovah's Witness, I would encourage you to abandon this yes. organization at this point. Exactly. On the page 45, we read this. The servant is not to tell his own message. They speak about the, the anointed ones, right? This, the servant is not to tell his own message. Jehovah has made his faithful servant the watchman. And only as the Lord directs the servant to speak, he does speak. Having always, and thus says the Lord, for every part of the message that is delivered. So very good, very good uh, point here. And here we got come to the Jews here. <laughs> On the page 147, in a paragraph titled, No Farther Delay, we read this. God's faithful people on the earth emphasize the importance of the dates 1914 and 1918 and 1925. They have, but, but look, this is, this is written by Rutenford, and Rutenford yeah. predicted 1925. Yeah, yeah. So here you go. So again, so the importance, uh, they em- emphasize the importance of 19. 14, 1918, and 1925. They had much to say about these dates and what would come to pass. But all they predicted did not come to pass. <laughs> and this is written by Rutherford himself, and he made the 25 and no, prophecy. And nobody can say that they don't predict. They, yeah. Because Jehovah's Witness sometimes try to say they don't predict, they suggest, but it says they predict their predictions. They predict it. So, and yeah. so we read further and it says, the failure to come to pass of some of the things predicted has afforded Satan, uh, Satan's agents in Christendom, particularly the clergy and the men of sin, an opportunity to ridicule and reproach the faithful servant of the Lord and to say of and concerning them and their prediction. And that's what the men of sin, the clergy said. (laughs) All their visions and predictions have failed and such proofs that they are all wrong and that all their predictions for the future must fail too. <laughs> this the clergy used to turn the people away from God and his truth. <laughs> so that's the prediction of the men of sin, uh, speaking of Jehovah Witnesses. And now on the page 147, it says, they speak, the, the men of sin, they speak, with the contempt concerning the prophecies quoted from the Bible by servants of the Lord. The clergy and their allies have made this proverb 
all predictions of servants of Jehovah have failed and will continue to fail. A similar proverb, uh, sorry. Of course, the Lord knew what the proverb was and then said, Tell them, therefore, thus said the Lord, I will make this proverb to cease. <laughs> Isn't that a quote from Ezekiel? <laughs> and then it says, The days are at hand, and the effort of every vision, for there shall be no more any vain vision, nor flattering divination with the house of Israel. And then we have the final part in this book. Uh, on the page 338, we read this. <laughs> this is great. There was measure of disappointment on the part of Jehovah's faithful ones on the earth concerning the years 1914, 1918, and 1925 which disappointment lasted for a time. Later, the faithful learned that these dates were definitely fixed in the scriptures, and they also learned to quit fixing dates for the future and predicting what would come to pass on a certain date. But to rely on a day and but to rely upon the word of God as to the events that must come to pass. So they learn not to predict any fixed dates. But then we find this book. We find this book. This is the last book in this thing that I have. This is the book printed in. This is the book printed uh, in uh, 1966. That was very, very popular book. Every Jehovah Witness read this book. This book is titled The Everlasting Life. Uh, no, Life Everlasting, Freedom of the Sons of God. Life Everlasting, Freedom. I actually, I actually have a copy of that book on one of the previous posts that I did. I have oh, a really? PDF copy of that up on the website, so if anybody's interested in that. So, so they learn not to fix any dates. They learn that fixing no good. Yeah. <laughs> and on page, in, in this book, on the page 29, we find this. According to this trustworthy Bible chronology, 6,000 years from the period of... Uh, 6,000 years from man's creation will end in 1975. <laughs> And the seventh period of thousand years of human history will begin in the fall of 1975. And then they go on the next page with a little more of these. And then uh, in the next couple pages, there's uh, another chart and it shows 1975 end of this system. Yeah. Beginning of new system. So pretty much that's, that's, um, that's tragic. This is tragic. Well, it's Jehovah tragic. Witnesses, yeah. Jehovah Witnesses say that they have new light, that, you know, sometimes, you know, that they know something they said, but then they have a new light, and so so now they have new informations, and, 
you know, so, so the old is no good because the new came. The only problem I have with this is that when you read Bible, in the Bible, the prophets of the Bible, that they were writing the Bible, they also had new lights. They, they were adding to the Bible more revelations of God. Because God was revealing, if you start reading the Bible, on the first page you have only so much, on the hundred page you have this much, but on the end of the Bible you have full revelations. So the revelations of God were progressive. They were added. The only thing is, the new light is adding new to the old, expanding the old, making old more understandable, more full. And nothing in Scripture in in previous revelation was false. So what they do, they say that new light is contradicting the old light. You can't find that in the Bible. No. no, New light never contradicts the old light. Mm -hmm. The new light always expands and and perfects the old light. So that's, that's the thing. So here we learn some things that... Um, that Jehovah Witnesses need to need to uh, consider that uh, their organization is uh, full of um, lies. It's, it's not an organization that you can depend on. And they're, you know, if if they are wrong on on this kind of things, that Bible clearly clearly uh, say. To run away from, to the, the false prophet should die. That's the statement in the Bible. That if you find a false prophet, you should not be afraid of him and, and run away from him because he's not from God, he's from evil. So if you think of this, that if they are that way of, of being false on, on those predictions. Why would you trust them on 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 the doctrines of salvation, for example? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Of, of God, who is God? I mean, if they are false on this, they are from evil. They will twist every single doctrine. Yeah, and it's obvious. I mean, this for is example, been, Trinity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's been pretty clearly laid out that they have made false predictions in the past. And here's the thing: that's even. Uh, I mean, obviously, we want to talk about the gospel and we want to talk about salvation, but also a lot of these false prophecies have ruined the lives of Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, They have, uh, like 1975 is a classic example, maybe you can touch on that a little bit, about how many of the Jehovah's Witnesses, they didn't plan for the future, they they sold houses um and things like that due to the 1975 prophecy go ahead if you can touch on that when i was uh, when i was preparing for uh recording um my by the way i have a lot of you mentioned i have a lot of videos on youtube uh, that i um that i recorded to witness to people not only jehovah witnesses to 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 catholics to muslims to to all kind of people but i have especially a lot about jehovah witnesses and uh, and they are great videos there's a lot of materials you use there there and uh, if anyone would like to uh, go and see my videos the the, the easiest way is to go on um, uh, youtube and search for Wojtek W. 
my name is Wojtek W is the first letter of my last name. So if you go on a search on YouTube, search for Wojtek W and then uh, push enter and you'll find a lot of, a lot of uh, videos, uh, my playlist with videos or, 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 or you, you find just one and subscribe to my account and then you can find a lot of them uh, on my account. But what I was going to say is this, when I was preparing to, uh, to, um, to make a program on 1975, especially 1975, because I was, uh, I heard a lot of testimonies from people who went through this uh, false prophecy and how were they hurt by this prophecy? Their families and were destroyed and their lives were were messed up. I I realized that after those uh, false prophecies, actually, uh, we we were reading here that they learned not to predict. Uh, anything more uh, anymore which they didn't really hold to they still predicted but they were very much more cautious very much more cautious and especially with the 75 they they put a lot of publication say publications about this date but in many many cases they were saying things like it may happen will that happen we'll see possibly you know yeah after this statement, they were like very much insisting that it will happen. So it's like they have a whole article on what is going to happen in 1975, or or sometimes they use the the, uh, the saying like in the mid 70s. So what will happen in the mid 70s? Then they will say, will that happen? We don't know. And pretty much what I realized, they they try to play the game by by uh, uh, by pointing to God's, to Jesus' words that that day and the hour nobody knows. But then they they kind of twist it and they say that nobody knows because, uh, you know, Adam and Eve were created, but they were not created at the same time. And Eve was created after Adam. So we don't know the period of creation if after adam so we cannot exactly state to the point when that happened so you know so when that happened we don't know most likely soon but you know it could happen now or tomorrow or month from now or year but they were always saying it will happen very soon yeah next few years that that's certain so it will not be like in 100 years no it, it will happen now but in also in in many cases, I found places where where they where they exactly said it will happen nineteen seventy five October yeah, yeah. okay so but but I have a, a lot of Jehovah witnesses telling me that you know those predictions are uh, they were just suggestions and and people actually in their own minds uh, they were so uh, over uh, reacting by putting this in the action and, and putting words in the faithful ones, the, the, the anointed ones' mouths uh, and making it that this is the date. And this is a lie, of course, because that was the date. That was the predicted date, but, yeah. but, but I found also in the magazines of Watchtower a statements that without any doubt you can, you can say they are saying this end will come like 
any moment now. So they, you cannot run away from the idea that they predicted 1975. For example, I, I have a couple, couple uh, places I want to read. And the Watchtower magazine uh, from 1969, uh, we find this definite statement in my eyes that, that tells us right there, uh, let me read this, okay? And, and if you tell me that this statement doesn't assure you that the end is coming extra soon, I don't know what else can assure you. Well, let's read this. Uh, this is uh, Watchtower 1969 from March 15 on a page 171. And we read this. The influence and spirit of this world is to get ahead, to make a name for oneself. Many schools now have student counselors who encourage one to pursue higher education after high school, to pursue a career with the future in this system of things. And here... Do not be influenced by them. Do not let them brainwash you <laughs> with the devil's propaganda to get ahead, to make something of yourself in this world. This world has very little time left. Any future this world offers is no future. And then they go, you know, farther. So this statement tells you, don't go to school. Don't yeah, do careers. Very little time left. And they say, you know, you better be a pioneer. They call them pioneers, those who go and, will, you know, give those flyers. And You better be a pioneer and do the missionary work, but uh, don't, don't go to school. Don't, you don't need it. And, and a lot of people, a lot of people fell for that. Yeah. People... End up destroying their own lives. You know this. This is a tragedy because people even committed suicides after that. People gave inheritances of their generations of their families to Watchtower. So, and after seventy-five didn't come to pass, they left Watchtower. But guess what? They didn't take the money. Yeah. People people took mortgages to the fullest on their houses they gave money to watchtower because the end was coming they 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 were just waiting doing nothing no working nothing they just gave those flyers and uh, and horrible horrible um let's go to the uh, awake magazine this is not a watchtower but awake they have another magazine called awake from may 22 1969, and we read this on a page 15. We read this in an article called What Future for the Young? And we read this. If you are a young person, you also need to face the fact that you will never grow old in this present system of things. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Very clear. Never. Yes. Very clear message. Why not? Because all the evidences of fulfillment of Bible prophecy, of Bible prophecy, 
indicates, that means God said it, right? Indicates that this corrupt system is due to end in a few years. This is 1967. So in, in, in sorry, 1969. So in few years, 1975, right? So it says this uh, this corrupt system is due to end in a few years of the generation that observed the beginning of the last days in 1914. Jesus foretold this generation will by no means pass away until all these things occur. Therefore, as a young person, you will never fulfill any career that this system offers. Any career that the system offers. If you are in a high school and thinking about a college education, it means at least four, perhaps even six or eight more years to graduate into a specialized career. But where will this system of things be by that time? It will be well on the way towards its finish if not actually gone. Yeah, they, they, it's absurd for them to say that uh, they didn't, uh, that people just took it too seriously, that they, they took it too far. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty clear teaching. You, you know, when, when, I'm reading, when I was reading, I felt chills on my, heart, on my skin. You know, I, I, I mean, it really touches me, touches me because I feel the heart of those people. Those people were devoted. They taught that they believe in a true God. Yeah, they thought that they they have a true church, and they were deceived to the bone by this devil cult organization. Yeah, I and mean that br- breaks my heart, you know. And that brings us to you know the real reason why. And I'm going to go ahead and I want to wrap up and I want to thank uh, Wojciech for joining us today. But that comes down to the reason why. Wojciech and I and all of those others uh, that out there that go out and reach Jehovah's Witnesses and reach these people is they need to be reached for the gospel. They are not. I did an episode uh, early on is are Jehovah's Witnesses Christians. Um, And because there are people within evangelical Christianity, I actually had a a professing Christian a couple of years ago wonder why I would say that Jehovah's Witnesses were not Christians because they just love Jesus. And I said, well, their Jesus is completely different than the Jesus of the Bible. And they need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the truth and they need to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, they need to be saved. And so that is our, our desire. And for any Jehovah's witness out there that's listening to this, that is what we want you to come to. We want you to come to the true saving knowledge of the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible is not a created being, Michael the Archangel. He is the creator of all things. He is true God. He is um, the eternal son of God. He has uh, always existed as God, and he is worthy of praise and worship and obedience and uh, we must submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and we will find that he will perfectly save us. It's not by our own efforts, but by his finished work on the cross that we are saved. So that is the message that we want Jehovah's Witnesses to come to believe and to uh, to know. And uh, I'll let uh, Wojciech uh, give a, a final uh, 
closing note here before we wrap up. Anything you want to say at the end? Well, um, pretty much I would like to say what you just said. Uh, Jehovah Witnesses are witnesses are, are lost people. They totally put on a wrong way, the wrong path. They think they, they go to a new world, new paradise here on earth. They think that they're going to be um, living a eternity in, in a peaceful, great, wonderful environment of, of people like them. But they are completely deceived. This is, this is not the promise of God. The promise of God is that they, if they come to faith in Jesus Christ, they will enjoy his presence for eternity. They will be with him in heaven together, enjoying uh, him, Jesus Christ, in human flesh, being the light to, to the world, to the believers in for eternity. This, this is the key, this is the point that anyone who believes in, in something else that the Bible really teaches is, is going to end up to be separated from God for eternity. Yep. And this is a sin of disbelief in what the true, bio, true gospel says. The true gospel says that by your faith in Jesus Christ alone, you are saved to eternity. All your sins are washed away and you are sealed by Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit starts dwelling in your heart. You become a temple of God. And because of that, you become a child of God. If you are not sealed by the Holy Spirit, like Jehovah Witnesses try to tell you, that the only anointed ones are, that means you're not a part of the new covenant. They teach very strongly that the new covenant, which in, in Jesus' words, the new covenant is forgiveness of sins. If you are not in a new covenant, you're still in your sins. Your sins are still on you. You cannot depend on your watchtower, on your anointed ones, that they will give you any benefits that will bring you to salvation for eternal life in Christ and in, in, in heaven, because you will be separated from God. You, in your sins, you're supposed to go and you're supposed to sacrifice bulls and goats and cows and, and, and ask God for forgiveness. And after you sin again, you're supposed to go and sacrifice again. You're still in the old covenant. But if you are sealed by the Holy Spirit, you are becoming child of God. I would suggest that you read eight, ver eight chapter of letter to Romans. This explains exactly what that means to be a child of God. If you read also John 1, verse 12, the epistle of John, verse 12, 1, verse 12 says that whoever believes in Jesus Christ will be saved and will become a child of God. Whoever, that means 
those who are in a great crowd, those who are in 144,000, if there is anything like that, they are all going to be child of God and being sealed. If you don't believe that, you believe in a different gospel. Read John 1, 12 and, and Romans 8, whole chapter. It will give you a lot of explanation. Also, Ephesians 1, 13 says about being sealed by Holy Spirit. That's very much it. Thank you. All righty. Well, preach it, brother. Go so. on YouTube. Go on YouTube. Search for Wojtek W. You'll find more of my videos, and um, you can listen to me more. All righty. Well, we will link uh, his channel in the show notes, and uh, you can also find it that way. And uh, so I want to thank Wojciech for joining us today. Thank and, you. And um, uh, Lord willing, we will be back next week for another episode. So we'll catch you guys then. God bless.